How's it going, everybody? This is Joe, the founder of the Renaissance Man Network and the Renaissance Man Podcast. I'm the host of that. I wanted to share with you the intentions for this podcast and lead you into the content so that you know exactly what to expect and what to focus on. I want to help people live like a Renaissance man. Now, and nowadays, people either tend to be uh, a little bit okay at everything or without direction, or they tend to be super focused on one particular career. But the art of being a Renaissance man, free to do whatever he likes, but dedicating his life to the mastery of several things, and understanding that self-development it has an infinite ceiling. That art has been lost, and so I want to help get that back into the world where people can become great mathematicians, become great uh, athletes, become great um, um, craftsmen, become great travelers, become great writers, become great at many things that inspire and make you feel uh, uh, like a capable and well-rounded man. Um, Self-actualize. There are values that I hold dear to my heart and that I hold dear to being the the ideal of being a renaissance man, which is living with a sense of passion and curiosity and a hunger for growth, experiences, and knowledge. So I interview people that do these things. I interview people that that are good at something where I can share the things they're good at. I also talk about these values on discussion episodes. So please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, or if you would like to hear the content to see if you want to subscribe, I totally understand. And you can listen to it and then decide afterwards. It's your choice. Um, And that is one of the easiest ways to support the podcast. Without further ado, here is today's episode. All right, welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast episode, I think this is going to be episode 24, episode 24, um, with Kimberly Grau, this is actually our second recording of this, you will not hear the first recording, we went way off topic into stuff that really didn't matter. No, I mean it was an interesting conversation. Fascinating conversation. So I I had, um, I enjoyed it and all, but we really didn't get much done. No, it wasn't on topic to the Renaissance Man podcast. I mean, as a conversation between two friends, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. But other people would be like, what is wrong with these two people? Yeah, why are they just talking about random shit? So uh, we are going to today talk about creativity. Kimberly is a local fashion designer Mm -hmm. and an amazing networker, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I don't think I gave you that compliment before, but I meant to. Oh, thanks. That's um, nice. Yeah, she also wrote a review of my journal, which you can find in the description of this episode. So, Kimberly, I will let you introduce yourself. Introduce. Thank you, Joe. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Kimberly Grau, and I am, I guess you could say I'm more of an aspiring fashion designer, but my background originally was in graphic design, illustration, and art. But since I've always been interested in fashion, that kind of mm-hmm. it's always been kind of woven into those three items there. But okay. uh, it's something that I really enjoy. I enjoy art in general. 
whatever form it takes, it just happens to be those three are my favorite. Mm -hmm. Fashion design, graphic design, and art. Mm -hmm. Art as in illustration. Illustration, even fine arts, um, even okay. music too. Although I don't make a living off of that, I just I can play some instruments and I can listen to it, but mm -hmm. that's separate. Before we go forward, I just want to mm -hmm. acknowledge to the listeners that there is an echo in this room. I'm sorry about that. Um, I will be working to create a studio space in my home. At the moment, there is no studio space in my home, and I'm using the library and the open room. Is spacious and has horrible acoustics. So next time I will do better. I'm sorry about this for this time. But um, so you say you don't make a living from music, but you do make a living from art. Mm -hmm. I'm just yes. gonna turn my phone off. What? How do you make a living from your art? What do you do? Well, I do several things. One is that I do projects for clients related to graphic design or illustration. The current one that I'm doing right now is for a children's book. Mm -hmm. So I'm in charge of the illustrations for that. Ooh. And so I'm trying, actually I finished the book part, but she wanted a coloring book to go along with it. So I'm working on that and I should be finishing that within probably the week, maybe two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of the things I do. I also do logos for brands and businesses I've done. Uh, movie posters for a couple of indie directors, I've mm. done some production art for films, um, what else? I've done other illustrations, editorial, mm -hmm. not related to fashion, but just to, for an editorial piece and things like that. Mm. And then I sell prints of my artwork and art-related accessories. I have custom um, fashion pieces that I make and I sell those too. Mm -hmm. So anything related to art, I, that's something I make a living off of. Mm -hmm. And it works for you. It does. It's something that I enjoy, um, but it's something that, it's kind of this combination of two things. It's something that I enjoy doing, but it's also something I make my living off of. So mm. I have to be serious when it's a client project because I have, you know, I have deadlines to meet. I have a problem to solve. I have something that I have to give mm. in the end, but it's, it is something that I enjoy doing and that I'm always working to get better at. Mm. And how do, how do you balance the passion of your work with the obligation of it being your work? I guess I just see it as, I just see it as there's that crossroads between form and function, that crossroads between ab obligation and passion, and it's just mm. something that I accept. And it's something that for every project there's going to be a ratio of each. Mm -hmm. One project that they may bring me, it may be more about form than function. And so mm -hmm. I'll say like, okay, this requires, it still requires creativity, but it's going to be subtle, it'll be in the background. Hmm. And so I'll change, in a way, I mentally change that ratio. I said, okay, it's going to be like 70% um, function, 30% form. Mm -hmm. And then I have a whole process, a design process behind it in place so I can take it from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, it's, it's kind of similar with um, making a living from it. I have, I have to make a living from it because, you know, we all have bills to pay. But it is something that I enjoy doing and I always kind of keep, I always make sure to kind of... Um, push them together. I understand that there's going to be times where it's not pleasant, but it's mm. not because I hate the work or I hate anything like that. That's just because that's a reality of the job. Mm -hmm. So I just don't let that get me down. I just say, okay, here's a reality of it. Um, but here's the good part of it too. So mm. it's like, I just kind of accept that they're both going to be, there's, there's always going to be a good and bad from each one mm. in a way. And once I accept that, it doesn't bother me anymore. It's like, okay, I have to, above all, I have to see this through. Mm. So you have a sense of responsibility to the client mm -hmm. and understanding that it's not going to be a, a total passion project. Right, exactly. It's a passion of mine, but 
depending on the client, it may not be a passion project. I have personal yeah. projects that are more like that are passion projects. And it I might could, be like, hey, draw draw my face with no boogers coming out of my nose or something. Something like that, you know. Or it could be some. Sometimes they have a design for a logo that isn't very good looking at all, and I'm Oof. thinking like, uh. So I politely let them know about <laughs> the best the logo way to design be. sucks. Yeah, no, I don't say that because most. Yeah, you're a very kind person. You wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, but most very people. Very tactful. Yeah, and most people won't appreciate, it, especially their clients. They don't really get that. Mm. So you have to just kind of explain to them how it would look and show the benefits of changing it for them. That a logo, for example, is a representation mm. of who they are and their their brand. And a better looking logo means people associate a higher set of quality with that logo. Mm -hmm. That'll help, not all the time. Mm -hmm. And ultimately... Yeah, because if your product sucks, your logo is not going to make up for it. Right, absolutely. And ultimately, you know, I do realize that it can be their decision sometimes, and I just kind of accept that, okay, this is their decision, and I see it as just like a work-for-hire type thing. I may not necessarily put that on my portfolio because <clears throat> it's like, well, I don't particularly like yeah. it, but I will put it on my resume that it's something I've completed and done. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just varies, you know, I, I obviously, I love um, projects that are something that I can be really passionate about. I had mm -hmm. one um, fairly recently that I really enjoyed. It was a lady who happened to be a musician, but she created this um, language curriculum for kids mm -hmm. in a very fun way. And she wanted artwork to go with it. Mm. And so the artwork that was to go with it was very creative, very artistic, something that I really liked. So I could really, I guess since I was really kind of connected to it, I could really add all of my elements of what I wanted to it. And I, it would still honor her, her vision and her request, but it's something that I really enjoy. Mm. So that happens too. You'll get projects that are like, oh, I really like this. I really want to be a part of this. Mm. And sometimes you'll get some like, well, no, I have to accomplish something. And as long as I can see it in that, <clears throat> in that realm, then I'm okay. Mm. Interesting. So understanding your place in it is really important for you. Yeah, it is. Because every time um, a client comes to me, I always think like what they're doing, I'm not just creating artwork for them, but I'm trying to solve a problem for them in a way. They're like, uh, I had mm. one... He was an inventor, and he wanted me to create a logo for a product that he made. It was this dog chew device. Mm -hmm. Dog chew? It was a dog chew device. It, what it would do is that it would hold a rawhide in place um, yeah. without... So because rawhides can be very dangerous for dogs to chew okay. on. And it would hold it in place so that they would never choke on it. And it was mm. rugged enough that the, it wouldn't get destroyed by the dog itself. Okay. And it had components so that the owner could easily install a new piece of rawhide. Huh. So it was interesting kind of talking to him because he comes from a very technical background. He's a chemist, and he says that uh, he's a chemist originally. He understands all the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. He understood what he wanted to create, and it was cool because he brought in the prototypes of everything that he had made too, That's and cool. how he and you know how he arrived to the last one. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. I love seeing how he kind of came up with that. And so my job was that I had to take all of the that technical side of it and create a logo that represented it. But he said he also wanted this to be approachable. He says he didn't want it to sound he didn't want it to sound boring or sound too plain or anything like that. He wanted he wanted people, especially dog lovers or dog owners, to identify with this, see this as something good for their pet. So I decided so we went with an image of a dog, but kind of like a happy dog chewing on it, and mm -hmm. with bright happy colors too. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun for me. I had to take his technical sides, his um, his vision, but then translate that, parse that into something more artistic, mm -hmm. a face of that. And so that was kind of fun for me. Hmm. And in the same way, I was solving a puzzle. So I had to solve his side, and then I had to incorporate my artistic side. And then in the end, we come up with a really cool looking logo. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you say that because there's a guy on YouTube, 
Yeah, they're really cool. The name his name of his channel is called Tasty Toots, as in tutorials. Oh, cool! And he has a British accent, and he explains graphic design principles and mm -hmm. and Photoshop and Illustrator and InDesign. The very British accent. <laughs> And a very enthusiastic voice, and he's talking about how you use this tool. You press E to use this tool to make sure that the vectors are perfect, and it's really—it's amazing. It's really, really easy to listen to because yeah. it's a nice accent. Right, right. So it's just pleasant. He could be saying nonsense, yeah. and it'd just be interesting to hear him. And it he talks a lot about um, the graphic design being logical and artistic. Yeah. And not both. I mean, not sorry, not just one. Exactly. Um, and I thought that was an, an interesting way to look at it. Yes, definitely. And um, in fact, I'm going to show you later, but that's what I put on my values and on my mission statement, that there's two worlds, it's the pragmatic and the artistic. Mm -hmm. And graphic design, illustration, even art, they actually unite together. One really can't exist without the other. Mm -hmm. You just We tend to just see one first, but the other does exist. Just the there's ratio may be different. There's a skit that you should watch by Bo Burnham. Oh, okay, I'll check it out. I'll later. send it to you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's 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 comedic, but it's also really dramatic and mm -hmm. it's really intense and it's awesome. That's cool. And for the longest time, I actually didn't understand that. I always thought that um, the pragmatic and the artistic, the creative and the practical were separate worlds, and they all had to kind of exist in their own world. And that's not really the case. You kind of need to merge them together to really create something that'll work. You know, there's like a piece that needs to go together so that way your design or your brand can really come to fruition. So mm. that's something that I really approach in my work, especially for clients. For myself, sometimes I can I can kind of concentrate too much on the, the artistic side, but I'm trying to kind of change that a little bit because I know for it to truly succeed, it needs to have a little bit of that practical or that pragmatic side. Hmm. Interesting. So design is the bridge between the two. Yes. Okay. When you approach, well, one of the things I thought was interesting about you is that every time I see you, you're always wearing your own stuff. Mm -hmm. well, I want you to talk more about your fashion design. Okay. Well, um, I guess I kind of stumbled into it as some. I think as a little girl, you always loved like fashion. You always like pretty dresses. You always like cool things. I like love that. pretty dresses. Well, as a little maybe girl. not you. Maybe <laughs> not you. But as a little girl, I did and. Thing is that I still also love like playing sports, so I would mm. go to school in like a really pretty dress, and then I would play sports, and it would be like dirty by the time I got home. But I didn't uh, care because I had fun and mm. it was good. But um, growing up, because I was always really tall, uh, a lot of clothes didn't fit me. They mm. always looked they were too short on me, or the torso was too short. So, mm. and the only options for me were something like really frumpy, and I hated that. So, frumpy. Yeah, and I'm what like, does I that mean? well, it was too long. It didn't fit me. It was too baggy. It just like it just didn't fit me. Mm -hmm. And that's because obviously clothes are designed for an average body. So, you know, they're not going, so if you have like a longer torso, a shorter torso, mm -hmm. longer legs, shorter legs, you may not find clothes that really fit you because they're aiming to fit just the, um, an average size. Mm -hmm. And so after a while, um, I had, I said like, well, you know what? I'm not having fun. I hate shopping now because I can't find anything I like. I want to make my own clothes. Mm -hmm. And there was this lady I knew, a French lady. She says, well, I'll teach you how to sew. Très bien. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Elle m'a pris la langue française aussi. Ah, oh, très bien. D'où est-ce que tu prends le français euh, J'ai pris le français depuis 8 ans. Non, du, du. Ouais. Ah, il y a un passo. Elle passe. Mm -hmm. Tu apprends le mm -hmm. français, elle passe. Mm -hmm. elle, <rire> elle est française, elle est d'origine ah, de la France, mais elle, elle habitait en El Paso avec son mari. Oh, okay, just to update everyone who's listening who doesn't speak French, 
Um, I said très bien when she's talking about the French lady that she learned French from, and uh, and she said, uh, yeah, I learned in um, El Paso. Oh, no, she, you said mm -hmm. you said oh excellent, and I'm like, where did you learn? And she thought I said how long, and she started to say how long, and I'm like, no, where did you learn? And she's like, I learned in El Paso, and I'm like, oh, how did you learn in El Paso? And she's like, well. Uh, the French lady is from France, lives with her husband mm -hmm. in El Paso. Just to update you in case you were curious about that. Yeah, so El Paso, a tiny little town because it's a military base, there's mm -hmm. so many people from around the world that's that live true. there, that's why. That's true, makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so that's why. And anyway, so she taught me how to sew, and so I really enjoyed it, and I said I wanted to take it further, so I kept mm -hmm. on sewing. And okay. as I, I ended up turning that mostly clothes that I own are actually stuff I've made. Mm -hmm. I'd say 80% of like whatever's in my closet of me. And yeah, I'm trying and to get... earrings too. Yeah, yeah, and then my scarf as well. I'm gonna so. take a picture... Oh, not now. Oh yeah, yes now. I'm gonna have to turn my phone on again. But I'm gonna take a picture <laughs> okay, cool. of, uh, of you so I can put that as a thumbnail. Sure, that's fine. And everything you're wearing is yours, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Exception of the shoes. I have no idea how to make shoes. Oh. But one, one day. One day? Yeah. What about the pantyhose? Nope, don't okay. know how to make that either. One day though, I will learn how to make jackets as well. But cool. I can't do that just yet. That's mm -hmm. kind of a little intense for me. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so she taught me how to make that and I just really enjoyed it. And I just, and one skirt, and I was terrible the first time. It was really tough. Mm. But I kept on practicing. One skirt turned into like a dress, which turned into like 10 dresses, which mm. turned into like a bunch of other stuff. So. And I've kept that up even now. I really don't shop for new clothes for myself unless mm. it's something I can't make. Okay. And um, during that time, I was also in my illustration work. I noticed that it had a very strong fashion illustration leaning to it, even though it wasn't conscious. And so with that, I kind of fell into this other job, which was Austin School of Fashion Design. And even though I was which is where I met you, right? Exactly. But before we talk about that, we're gonna take a break to talk to our sponsors. Uh, just a quick thing is that I make sure every sponsor that I have on the show is somebody I think you guys should hear from. I've actually turned down the big sponsor, Flipboard. It's an app on the phone that gives you news and such. And I turned them down because I felt like it was more of a clutter um, than really helping you live a fulfilling and passionate life. So I said, no, I'm not gonna sponsor you. And the sponsor that I have for this episode is somebody I've vetted and that I make sure that it's something that I think is valuable for you. So without further ado, here is our sponsor for the show. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. In the earlier episodes, I put all of these sponsored ads at the end. In the newer episodes, they're in the middle. So if you're listening to one where it's split, some of the content before and some of the content after, uh, stay tuned and your content will come right after these messages. Otherwise, thanks for listening and please listen further to help figure out how you can help the podcast grow. Number one way, subscribe. Wherever you are listening to this, hit the subscribe button either with your finger or the mouse, or if it's the future and everything is mind controlled, do so with your mind. That way I can attract better uh, sponsors and earn more money from the sponsors that I have so I can get better content and go to better conferences. I am right now about to go to CES. For each two hour conference or so, I tend to get about four interviews that means people that I contact that I actually record and that we continue 
to uh, publish an episode. I contact more, but in the end, I get about four. Now, this is going to be four days, and this four-day experience is going to probably net me at least 20 interviews. Now, when it comes to other ways to support the podcast, email list is one way to support. Go to the Renman Network. What you will get is exclusive content right to your inbox. You also get to stay on top of the developments of the Renaissance Man Network. And you get to stay accountable in your journey of becoming a Renaissance Man by being reminded of Renaissance Man values and challenges that I will put out to the email list. Another way you can help yourself, oh, let me just circle back. The way you sign up to the email list is therenmannet.work slash uh, nothing, actually. Therenmannet.work is T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T dot W-O-R-K. And either click on join the newsletter or a pop-up will come up and you can just put your information in there. Now, another way is to get a journal. That is a hand-bound journal. I bind the cover of the journal with leather or another cloth. You get to choose if I have other cloths available. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But either way, I have full leather, real leather covers available. Leonardo da Vinci had one of my hand-bound journals, one of the best Renaissance men out there. And the best way to cultivate self-awareness is to have a journaling habit. I did that for three years straight, missed only one day during those thousand plus days. I will share exercises where you read one. Sorry. I will share exercises where you need one. I wrote a script for myself and I can't really tell my own writing. I share exercises where you will need one. Need a journal and a journal also doubles as a sketchbook if you're looking to use it for art work. You can get that at the store at the renmannets.org store. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T dot w-o-r-k slash s-t-o-r-e and as of now they are fifty dollars there are some uh, if you become a patron you get a free coupon for that so um to to segue right into that if you want to support the podcast on a financial basis what you can do is become a patron it's at patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash the renman network t-h-e-r-e-m sorry r-e-n M-A-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. And any, anywhere from 5 to to 100 or more dollars a month, what that will do is that will allow me to do this for more of my time, I'll pay for my time. I will be able to buy better recording equipment, and I will be able to go to better conferences like the one I'm going to next week. Now, I thank you for listening to these, uh, these sponsored messages by my, uh, for my, my projects. And... I encourage you to support this podcast in any way you can. Subscribe, uh, sign up to the newsletter, buy yourself a journal, do yourself a favor for your own development, and support the podcast. Allow me to create better content for you by going to our Patreon. Uh, Without further ado, here is our sponsor for this episode. And we're back talking with Kimberly Grau about fashion design, art, and all that jazz. Let me make sure it's recording. It is recording. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and we were just talking about how we met mm-hmm. at the Austin Fashion Design School. 
School of Fashion Design. Yep, I needed to get back home and so I, <clears throat> you were working for Lyft and a contact Lyft driver mm -hmm. came and picked me up and I like talking to Lyft drivers or Uber drivers because I can I can really get used to not talking to anybody and I know that's not good so I'm always like trying to push myself, okay be more social, don't uh -huh. lose don't lose the art of conversation. It really is an art, but it's also something very useful. Mm -hmm. I think we forget how useful communication, face-to-face -face communication, verbal communication is. And mm. it's something that I don't want to lose. And Hi, I am a human. I right. talk to other humans. Right, <laughs> right. And I think when you do that, um, it's actually good for you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and it's good for the other person too. I've been in times where I just haven't had a good day, but somebody that spoke to me and that was, they didn't really do much, but just you could kind of tell like, you know, their kindness, their genuineness came through. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to do that for other people too, in at least a small way. I know that you can't change the world because that's impossible, but I figure sometimes you can make someone's day. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I aim to do. And I, find, I have some interesting conversations with people, you know, um, some of the Lyft drivers I've talked to come from different parts of the world and mm -hmm. they will explain like where they're from and I think that's kind of cool. And uh, I, I uh, learned that you were just as creative and you was like, you love sewing, you love to create things. And I thought that was really cool. So we had a really nice conversation. Mm -hmm. I then asked if I could interview you because I was trying this new thing out where I was going to interview other creative people mm -hmm. with the intent of learning more about uh, their discipline because obviously art has several different disciplines and genres mm -hmm. and plenty of which that I don't practice, but mm -hmm. I always feel that I can learn from them in some way. I feel that learning from them can help me improve in my own my own area. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, hey, you know, I don't know anything about woodworking, I don't know anything about bookbinding, or what else did you do, sandblasting? I do a bit of it. Yeah, exactly, a bit I, of everything. I like to go into a lot of different uh, mediums and right. try them out. Absolutely, and then, but yours that were different because you kind of focus a lot on like the sculptural side, like yeah. 3D fabrication. I like 3D stuff yes, for the absolutely. most part. And 3D I stuff don't... is important for me. I mean, I do some 3D stuff, but it's not my Right, right. No, that's, that's really fine. And like for me, I don't have any experience in that. But I do find it fascinating to hear someone's perspective on that. And I thought, well, I'd love to hear from you and see what kind of tips or advice or mm -hmm. your approach to things. Because every person has an approach to... A problem to a puzzle or to an art piece and mm -hmm. I figure that your perspective can help me in some ways or at least at the very least be very interesting mm -hmm. so that was kind of how I met you cool I remember that mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the back seat and I was trying to look back at you and I think I, I, I mentioned that I liked your earrings yeah and like probably. I made them. yeah because they were like pink and red or something uh, yeah I forgot what they were but something yeah. I have like yeah. I have too many earrings that I made so I know right? I, I, I'm not gonna wear them yeah. So. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> not not like, really my style. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but yeah. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, it's weird. I went to sleep. I like, took a nap from like six to eleven last night, and then I woke up at eleven, did some work until like two or three, or I think four, and then went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know why. Um, I was so tired at, at 6, but I was. Um, probably caught up with you during the week. Probably. That's probably what caught happens. up with yeah. And your body's like, nope, I'm shutting this down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when it comes to networking, I've mm -hmm. noticed you're really good at that. You're like, hey, I'm going to this Marauders thing. Mm -hmm. Anyone want to buy tickets and yeah. stuff? Um, do you, are you just naturally a, um, a friendly person, or where does that come from? I think it could be, but I guess because it's easy to talk about something that you love to do. 
And I think most people can, even if they don't want anything to do with it, they'll appreciate that. Oh, you love you love this, you know, because I I'm okay with that with other people. With what? I'm okay with that with other people that talk to me about stuff that they love to do, even yeah. if it's something that I have no interest in or no That's ability. What this in. podcast is about right, so exactly. Perfecto. And. And like I said, the worst thing that they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not that bad because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously some people are going to say no or some people aren't going to come, but I don't worry about that. So that just keep on asking, keep on trying, and I guess just keep have a reason though. So like my reason is that I want to share my art with other people, and I want to learn about I want to learn about other people as well, mm-hmm. and it gets a little easier. So you don't have to when you network, you don't have to network in a style that's not you. Mm-hmm. For example, I may not be like the most bold or like aggressive person. No, but you're I very do. nurturing and affectionate. Right, but I and I, I couldn't handle that. I couldn't, Which is like, awesome. That oh, way. thank you. Yes. But I couldn't handle that. I couldn't mm-hmm. handle like having to change and be like super aggressive and having to do that. That would be really tough for me to do. That's where I come in. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I couldn't handle that. It's like I, yeah. that's just something that I can't do. So mm-hmm. you don't have to change your style completely. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're more to the point, that's fine too. Just use that. Hmm. So what you're saying is, it's not so much about changing who you are, but more so letting yourself show. Yeah, exactly. That's just, an interesting way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And sorry, I'm fine, fine. Just kicking you left and right. No, you walk fine. out of here bruised. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, ex- so that's the thing too, that yeah. you just kind of have to. I know it can be kind of. It can be kind of intimidating or maybe scary having to talk to strangers or having to invite people that you don't know. But I don't think it's really, it's not really that bad once you really think about it. The worst they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. But the best thing that you that happens is that you're still talking about who you are. You're still getting the word out. So mm. even if they say no, they now know who you are. The word, man. <laughs> Get the word out. Right, but about <laughs> who you are. Yeah. yeah, I just I had to make a joke about that. <laughs> Um, but no, it's true. It's, it's really interesting to say that it's a good framework to have around it. And um, I like to think about expressing myself genuinely. One of my core values is congruence, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to just say congruence, but authenticity is like another word for it that a lot of people understand better than they understand congruence. And they're both the same thing, really. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided that it was important for me to, to express myself authentically. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. But it's networking isn't so much about doing specific things. There are things that could up your chances, but if you're not expressing yourself authentically, then is it really worth it? Right, and the more you network with people, you're going to run into the same kind of people or the same people over and over again. And the good thing is that they'll know who you are, and that's kind of the whole point of, of what I do. It's like they'll know, oh, that's the girl that does graphic design or illustration or fashion design. I remember her. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what I'm aiming for because the more people that know about you, that can lead to getting more projects or getting more um, more exposure or something. Branding like that. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if I were to brand myself as a fashion designer, mm-hmm. what would I do? Um, you would first need to define your style and your personality. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing to do because every. Your brand is really a personality. It's just another way of saying personality of either your company or the services you provide or anything that you do for other people. And what you're trying mm-hmm. to do is you're trying to kind of figure out what that that feeling is or what that personality is. Mm-hmm. And your branding is going to be a reflection of that. 
And I use the term, the term logo because a logo is probably the most visual example of it. Mm-hmm. And every logo has a feeling associated with it. And it's a very subtle thing, can be even subconscious, but it needs to reflect what you can provide for a company, for your customers, or what you do for them. It can reflect the personality. Um, for fashion, for example, the logo of Chanel is different than the logo of Dior. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both high fashion brands, but they both have different style aesthetics. Mm-hmm. The logo of Burberry, for example, is different than the logo for Adidas. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they may be... Just a little bit. Well, I mean, they, they don't necessarily provide the same kind of clothes, but they have a different... They have mm-hmm. a different personality to them. Mm-hmm. You know, Adidas... That was once commissioned to... Um, the, the project, she didn't have a budget for the project, so we ended up not doing it. But she wanted to make... Uh, she was uh, Chinese, and she was very frustrated that there was no sense of um, there was no Chinese luxury brand. Mm, yeah, that's we true. actually met in the hostel when I was in Latvia, mm-hmm. and she was very frustrated. There's no Chinese luxury brand, and so she, and they're all like they were outsourced to China. Right, right. And she's like, we're losing all this money in China. Absolutely. Why don't we make a Chinese luxury brand? And she wanted me to make. You know how Louis Vuitton has that pattern on mm-hmm. all their inside of the cloth. Right. She wanted me to make that. So happy. I was like, oh my god, that would be so cool if this gets big. Like I made the the, the pattern design of this Chinese luxury brand. Um, and it's funny. She might still be doing it. Uh, she was her name's Shu, uh, and she really liked uh, minions. The movie? <laughs> yeah. The little, the little creatures. From yeah. The okay. And so her brand was called Shu Minion. <laughs> oh, okay. It's kind of adorable. That's cute. Yeah, and, and she wanted me to, uh, to to work on that. We we ended up, I ended up doing a little bit of, of like work up mm-hmm. front about it, but I quickly realized she didn't have a budget. Right. And it was more of a pro like bono thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I I declined the project, but mm-hmm. it was it was still interesting. Yeah, definitely. You you meet some odd people. Sometimes interesting and odd people. Yeah, I think the oddness of her was more so a cultural thing. Oh, okay. Also, no, because then. she was very sheltered in China. Um, oh, okay. Extremely nationalist over there, and a lot right. of people—not everyone, but a lot of people—tend to be sheltered and, and be like China's right about everything. Right. And also, she never been to the U.S. Like we met in Eastern Europe, right. so it was Definitely. there's a huge rift of cultures between us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I went to China, I met her there. She probably she might not have seemed that weird in the right context. Right. Definitely. Uh, but there definitely some interesting qualities about her. <laughs> well, I meant that, um, I don't know if there would be, wouldn't there be a copyright issue on some level with the Minions? Um, well, it's a completely different industry. Okay. So, no, because min- Minions has never gone into fashion design. Right. Um, and she wouldn't be using the icons anyway. No, right? she as long as she didn't use the icon. Yeah, yeah, as long as she didn't say the icon, mm-hmm. even if it was a reference, it's fine because Minions has never made clothes. Right, and it's never, it hasn't been copyrighted. Itself. Exactly, it okay. couldn't be confused okay, at good. all. The, the, the thing is... She just liked the, the word and the yeah, characters, right? Yeah, okay. and, the, and the thought was that... The thought, like for instance, if I make, if I make a soda called Fanta, mm-hmm. then it could easily be confused with Fanta because right. it's a soda. But if I make... A TV show called Fanta, nobody's gonna care because it's right. not like somebody's looking for Fanta orange soda right. and accidentally gets my TV show. Like, right. that's not no, gonna that's happen. <laughs> that's 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 the reason copyright protection is a thing. If they can accidentally be confused with your product but their product, then there's a conflict. Right. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. But that was an interesting situation and just understanding like what what goes into design 
you've you've done a lot of you've focused on design to a large extent, mm-hmm. and I, thought, I think it's interesting to hear about the types of brands and stuff that goes on. Definitely, um, I enjoy it because, like I said, it's like a puzzle for me and combining the artistic and the pragmatic. Yeah. But it's also you also have to be kind of observant in a way of your client and. Ch- Clients can, can't always be very communicative. Sometimes they don't communicate clearly what they want, so you mm-hmm. have to kind of fill in the blank sometimes mm-hmm. and do your best on that. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, like if you were going to do, if I was going to do a branding for a fashion company, I have mm-hmm. to first figure out the type of personality of my client, but the personality of the clothes that they have. And then I have to kind of learn about that and then incorporate that into mm-hmm. the branding. Sure. So I'm curious if you, I want to hear about your favorite client. Favorite client? I have a couple. How, how many do you want? One. One? Okay. I'm going to narrow that down. I can, You know, I'll go with the one that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. which was... The rawhide thing. Huh? No, no. Um, the other one, the Spanish curriculum. Okay. So it was really cool because she was a musician. She had gone to school for music yeah. and she had even played here in Austin. And she's, she's not, um, she's English, so she's not Latin America, but she speaks fluent mm-hmm. Spanish because she spent most, she spent a lot of time in Latin America. Que bueno. Mm-hmm. Excelente. And so she said that she had a, she wants to turn this into a franchise, mm-hmm. but she had created music, this really pretty acoustic guitar music for children to learn Spanish, but mm-hmm. like young children. And mm-hmm. then, Hola, como estas? Da, 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 kind of da, like, da, da, kind da. of like that. But yeah. It would be like colors. <laughs> it would be like greetings, oh. um, family. So like there was tracks list. So she had like, yeah. t- la naranja es naranjado. Some, yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> but it was acoustic yeah. guitar, and it was okay. her voice too. And so yeah. she wrote all the songs, and she had it ready. But she needed so the quality was really good, but she needed some visuals yeah. to really help to help sell it. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, you're teaching children. They need something visual mm-hmm. because you know all, the, all of us are more visual than we are than anything else. But especially as a kid, mm-hmm. you need something visual to really understand. And so she—that was one of my favorite ones because first of all, I love that she had an artistic background herself, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. Uh, she was very serious about her job. She was very professional too. Mm-hmm. So having a professional client too is is worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. And. I loved her ideas. She said she wanted something like very Latin but very warm. So like I had like a really warm color palette. She wanted two characters, a boy mm-hmm. and a girl, because she wanted to be inclusive. And I think I just really liked that because I got to create some really beautiful artwork that I knew would, would uh, be serving serving people in a good way. Mm-hmm. And so that was I think one of my funnest projects. Interesting. So for you it was fun because it was really easy for you to understand her and she was really clear and professional but also you believed in the project yourself. Yeah, definitely. And even the artwork came out really nice. I oh, I want to see. Yeah. I want to see. So this is just an example. So I did a lot for her but this is just one of the curriculums. So I did album art mm-hmm. and she was happy because she said that when she was pitching this to a school, she said all of the artwork really helped to sell her curriculum. Cool. I've seen that logo before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be redoing this whole thing. I like the logo right there. It's pretty neat. Let's see. Oh, here it is. I just realized it's kind of like a moth. 
Yeah. That's why. Right? Yeah. That's What's the little that thing? In the middle? Yeah. It's meant to be. It's meant to be the middle of the body, but I wanted something sharp to almost give the idea of a craft knife mm -hmm. or a paintbrush or something sharp that you would use to measure. Where I didn't want to use an actual ruler because I thought that would kind of distract. Mm -hmm. It's too small, so you won't be able to see it anyway. But I like that. I was thinking like protractor or something. Yeah, that was the idea: protractor, ruler, compass type thing, um, cool. craft knife. But it's the idea of the combination of the sharp and then the soft. Interesting. So here it is. So here is the cover, front and back. Well, I like the watercolor effect. Yeah, so I use watercolor, something more traditional, because anytime you use something more traditional, people have a nice attachment to it because mm -hmm. it feels kind of imperfect, it feels kind of more earthy, mm -hmm. as opposed to digital work, which is not bad, it has its place. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to use that there. Let's see, make it bigger. That's neato. So this, so I did um, a set of curriculum. Dia de los niños. Mm -hmm. Songs to learn Spanish. So I did, and then here's one of the characters too. It's a Quetzal that acts as their guide. Oh, that's cool. And so this color scheme is something I repeated for all the other curriculum. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I really enjoyed so far. I yeah. love the project. I loved the purpose of it. And then my client was just really great too. Definitely, definitely interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have anything to say to creatives or people wanting to live passionately, uh, what would you say to them? Um, I guess something too that helps that maybe creatives we're not, we don't always the best at, but I feel it's something good. It doesn't have to be something something negative is to be mm -hmm. self-disciplined in what mm -hmm. you do. So what that means is that, for example, I still practice I still practice my art all the time. I still practice drawing, I still practice illustrating. Mm -hmm. um, I still challenge myself because I feel that challenging myself helps me develop better skills for the future. And it always helps me to create a better project for either myself or for clients. Number two is be patient. It's very rare that a, you land a job immediately. A lot of times it takes a lot of development, it takes a lot of persistence. Uh, number three is don't forget to be professional as well, because even though you're creative and you're very good at what you do, the client doesn't really understand that or see that. So be professional with them. Once you can assure them that you're professional, then you can be um, passionate and creative in the project itself. Hmm. And that can be very helpful, especially if they don't have a creative background themselves. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I've been really focused on professionality for a lot of a lot of reasons. Yeah, well, you don't need to be stuffy. You don't need to be boring or anything like that. You just need to show that you're capable of what the project entails. Mm -hmm. That you respect their their wishes. That you're there to help them, and then you're there to you're there to really just see it through. Mm -hmm. As long as you can assure them of that, then that's fine. Sometimes some clients can be fussy. Some can be difficult, and that's just kind of part of it. Mm -hmm. And the best thing to do is just not lose your peace, be calm about it, and know that eventually it will be over. So, <laughs> yes, if they're really that bad, it will yeah, be over. It will be. Oh, thanks for your mm -hmm. time. I'm going to let this go and cue the outro. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Just to remind you of some ways you can support the podcast. First of all, subscribe. Second of all, you can um, 
you can join the email list. That's at therenmanetnet.work, T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T.W-O-R-K. Click on join the newsletter. You can also buy a journal that's on the shop at the Renman Network. So therenmanetnet.work slash shop, or sorry, slash store, S-T-O-R-E slash store. And also you can support the podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Renman Network, T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. Hope that you enjoy yourself and stay tuned for the next episode.